Hi, I'm Sam. Oh, close. Close. <laughs> oh, shit. No. I'm not Sam. Hi, <laughs> I'm Asher. Hey, Asher. <laughs> I'm Sam. Oh. Hey, Asher. I'm Car- I'm Caroline. That's Caroline. This is two people in person. It's a podcast about Beethoven Second, the sequel to Beethoven. Our first segment is breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news items in the news. Newsing it up. Uh, so today or this past weekend, I think that America found out that it has a new hero. Really? It has a new hero. America does. Um, th- uh, in Augusta, a what, man, what makes a hero? You know, a hero, I think it's it's like pornography. You just know it when you see it. Isn't a hero a type of sandwich? Uh, I think you're thinking of a gyro. Oh. Anyway, um, so a man in Augusta, uh, he has a, he had some issues. He had some, some issues, some poverty issues, some class issues. He had some being poor and having bed bugs issues. Mm. And so he went into general assistance. Uh, he went into the Augusta City Hall, and he was hoping to get uh, some assistance with taking care of this bed bug problem. And they denied him. Uh, and so he still has bed bugs. But you know what he did? Is he was like, no, no. My weakness is my strength. He went home and he collected up those bed bugs oh. in a cup. And then he went back to the Augusta City Hall and he just threw a cup oh. of, filled with 100 bed bugs, over 100 bed bugs, and just threw them, oh. threw them all over. I, th- I, think, I think that that's the hero that we need for these times. What? I mean, that's one way to do it. I don't disagree with you, Asher. I don't. How would you have done it, Caroline? Um, How would I have collected 100 bed bugs in a cup (laughs) to bring them? Yeah. Sam is, like, not having it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I could just hear Sam, like, retching from from a corner of whatever room you're in. Um, I I have problems. I mean, with bed bugs? I do. Or... I do. Yeah. I have problems with bed bugs. I have a history with bed bugs. It, they're like one of the worst things. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Well, so, what, so what's your? But don't you think though that like this guy, this guy like can't get help with the bed bugs, and so like he's like he's already like a, a bed bug vector. It's kind of like I don't know. It's kind of like when. It, when you're like in in like middle school and there's a bully sitting on your chest and like punching you with your own hands and saying like stop hitting yourself stop hitting yourself and then you just like <laughs> bite off your own finger and then spit blood in his face and then tell him that you have hep C, I think that's what that's like. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like that. It's like I'm gonna use like my own position of like being in a horrible place to just like ruin your day because you're not helping and like if we just work together. Nobody would like because like if they had just like given him if there was such a thing as like a a universal bed bug extermination program if we treated bed bugs with the same uh, level of hysteria that we treated like uh, Ebola seems appropriate yeah mm-hmm. then it would have been no problem like right he'd go in he'd go in and be like hey I have bed bugs and they'd be like all right we're on it and they'd send the team out he'd have no bed bugs I mean. I get the whole like, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're like subject to this horrible rental situation. You can't get general assistance, so you're like, forever having to live under slum lords and like terrible uh, spaces, and you end up with bed bugs over and over again, and it's just miserable. And like, mm-hmm. there's a there's a systemic problem that leads to someone being in that position. Mm-hmm. To take that out by throwing bed bugs, I mean like. That's that's biological warfare. Like you are mm. taking this horrible nightmare, yeah. Like Stephen King style, just disturbing, yeah, situation and subjecting you know other workers to it. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess that's fair. I mean, probably the reason why they can't help him is because they don't have any money, and the reason why they don't have any money is because of the budget cuts at the state and federal level. Right. So maybe right. maybe what he should have done was drop that in Bruce Poliquin's Bru- steps or drop something. Drop it in at Bruce Pol- Poliquin's house. Drop it uh, in Paula Page's office. Mm. 
um, drop it on the floor of the legislature. Um, or like be a little less um, uh, obvious with it, like gift Paula Page a chair. Yeah. That's like infested. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the good stuff right there. Um, yeah, I, I, I could get more behind it as like a, you know, it's like borderline terrorist act on the I government. Mean, but, so if, <laughs> but so if that if that's a if that's terrorism, what do you call it when you have to come into a subway for work and make sandwiches and sneeze all over people's food because you can't take a day off from work because you get paid minimum wage, you don't have any sick days. Is that also terrorism or is that just like, you know, that like diseases use our bodies as a vector and like what are you going to do? Um, I mean, like, and, I, and I think there's like a particular amount of justice if you work in like a super fancy restaurant that pays its workers shit. What do you think, Caroline? Uh. I mean, I definitely feel as if I could like, I don't know if I'm sympathizing with this man or the fact that I could get behind what this guy did, but also feel very skeptical, skeptical about doing that because he did. I agree with Sam. It is kind of an act of biological war where you're endangering other not endangering, but like you're throwing bed bugs at other workers, yeah. which affect their health. Yeah. But at the same time, like, um, I I don't I I understand this man facing um, state bureaucracy as a barrier to getting basic, mm. safe, uh, safe and clean living amenities. Um, I mean that I imagine just invokes this level of fury within somebody that I really, it's not that I necessarily support what he did, but I can't really blame him. Um, and I don't know how else. I mean, this made like the New York daily news headlines. Yeah. I don't know. How, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how much farther his, this moment where he threw bed bugs on this desk in Augusta. I don't know how much change going to make right. within the mm. you know department, but at the same time, with my limited experience with um, <clears throat> like public assistance programming in Maine, it is so just the sheer disorganization. Mm. And I think we've talked about that for, before. It, it's just such every avenue to getting help or getting public assistance is just so disorganized, and you can really only bet on having your case or your your needs be never followed up on or it's like a very rare chance that they'll ever be followed up on like your odds of qualifying for a lot of aid or sometimes are, are it's like really hard to navigate that whole system and yeah. i mean it isn't like it's infuriating particularly in maine which is just a, a state with few resources but with terrible infrastructure mm. for disseminating those resources um even like the state, like the the web resources we have for applying for like unemployment and that type of thing. Or Asher, you know how that is. It's just like embarrassing. Mm. Um, and I mean, that's kind of getting on another subject, I guess. But like, so I I want like I'm not totally for this, but I'm not totally against it. And but I do think like going to Subway and sneezing on people's sandwiches is not necessarily something that like the, a sick employee that goes to work sick and makes other people sick because he doesn't have any sick days. I don't think he's like purposely trying to make a statement by doing that. But mm. like at the same time, I definitely see the parallel whereby capitalism just robs us right. of our abilities to, um, you know, put, yeah, to, to be healthy. <laughs> like, well, and that's, about, like, that's, that, yeah. yeah, and that's kind of the point that I'm trying to make. Like, if he has guests over, they're all in danger of, like, becoming vectors for bed bugs themselves. And so, like, yeah. why not just, like, use, use that? that? Like, use it. Like if And, like, if you work in a fancy restaurant and you serve, like, really rich people... Just put bed bugs right put, in there. Put bed bugs in their food. Put your blood in their food. Sneeze in right. their food. Spit in their food. Like, make sure that the diseases that you have, that you have to come into work and work with, uh, are a yes. constant threat to the bourgeoisie. People around you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no war but the class war, right? No war but the class war. 
Uh, and no, I mean, like really too. The other, like I had this idea too of, um, and it never got off the ground. But I had an Indiegogo page that's still like ready to go. I just haven't launched it yet. And what it was is, um, it's raising money to buy um, fancy dress clothes and uh, business class or first class uh, airplane tickets. Okay. For tuberculosis patients. Okay. And just have them ride around to wherever they want to go um and just hand it out just get get that tb out there in those rich people lungs because we don't have single payer how are we going to get it you know we're not going to get it through the democrats we're not definitely not going to get it through the republicans uh mm-hmm. how are we going to get single payer by making uh using anything a threat to the personal safety of people who have a lot of money because that's where all the power is is the people who have all the money they have have to be they have yeah but you don't there's no if you get tuberculosis you're like that's right so they're gonna get health care and then they're gonna but then they're also gonna get tuberculosis but are they gonna be like uh we really need single payer health care because i have health care no they're gonna get single payer health care because they want to stop people with tuberculosis from having it getting them so, sick from getting them sick and, and exactly. really like we have to make the so the problem like all these people are having these diseases and like nobody is helping them so let's turn them into weapons and point those weapons at the people with <laughs> all the money and all the power and see if they get sick but i mean is it really and then see if change happens is I it think really it the best way to get change to break the law i mean look at beethoven is it second breaking the law look at beethoven second and like when when beethoven meets up with his new girlfriend they just like go around and they just break the law all over the place they really they're like starting a crime ring mm-hmm. they're just stealing people's food right stealing out of there hot dogs stealing hot dogs from you know again oh, these wow. are like just workers these are just people trying yeah. to get by stealing uh, a, a horse drawn carriage rides through yeah. central Central like Park, stealing services like how do you even do that well i think that but the, you'll also notice that in the film beethoven second there are no consequences for any of these actions because he's a dog <laughs> does anyone want to like give a quick not like a rundown but like a primer on beethoven second just for people uh, who don't know i don't know i mean yeah so like there's this guy He's a dad, and his family is like a bunch of kids and a mom and a dog, and mm-hmm. um, he's in constant existential crisis, and that's the movie. Yeah, he slowly is losing his grip on reality. Right. And then oh. there's a bunch of scenes that it's kind of like cobbled together out of a bunch of, um, I think what it is is they had a bunch of like sort of half written movies, and they just like they just gave them to a third grader and had them cut the scripts all up and then just mix them into a pile. Right. And then they pasted them back okay. together and then they changed all the names and characters to f- match the Beethoven franchise. But, but you know, I, I mean, plot aside, just I think it's important to, to maybe consider that even if you can get away with breaking the law or it seems right, like, yeah, you want the hot dog, but should you really take it? Yes. Okay. I don't know. What What's your thought, Caroline? So the question is, do we think taking things? What is the question? I'm not sure. Is, we just question is, is breaking the law acceptable? Uh, do the means justify the end? Yeah. Oh. If it gets you a litter oh. of four puppies, uh, Mo, Mo, um, um, Tchaikovsky, Tchaikovsky, uh, um, uh, I want to say the other ones. Rhubarb. Chubby, 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 Dolly. Whoa, chubby. whoa, 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 whoa! How did you know that? Wait, what was it? You chubby, said chubby, and chubby and Dolly and Dolly Mo? and Dolly and yeah. Mo. Yes. <laughs> I'm just filling in the blanks from what Wikipedia tells me. So uh, I thought um, you were just guessing because it's that obvious. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I to- I totally have. This is the 1993 classic family movie. Is what yeah. we're talking about yeah. yeah it's building a very important franchise that went on for Ever. <laughs> six more movies yeah. <laughs> wait so i'm just gonna go ahead and like retroactively replace whatever question was just posed to me with a new question and the new question is what is it about the 90s that made film producers so obsessed with like long saga-esque movie franchises like, does everybody rem- remember um, 
blah, 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 Land Before Time. Yeah. Oh, my God. We were just talking about that the other night. About There's like, right. how many how many movies are in the Land Before Time franchise? It's like 12 or 15? It's just 29? 17, 24, 17. 37, 28. If there's that many i mean it's there probably is... it's about as many like i think they started coming out around when i was born and there was one every year so it's yeah, somewhere around <laughs> 29 yeah they haven't stopped yet i don't think and that is pre-capitalism right there <laughs> <laughs> that is a franchise about simpler times well yeah it's <laughs> well, the land the before, land before time before literally before, before time was commodified yeah industrial time <laughs> yeah there was no time. There was no capitalism. Right. But there was no no time. But they I were mean, able to number movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, so but that's the thing though is that the the movies the numbers are like totally like without respect to anything. Well, at least not to they're time. They're completely not Well, they're non-sequential yeah. because there's no such thing as time yet. <laughs> like everything I'm is happening. Supposed- Things can happen in any order. You know, it's a lot like how in Beethoven's second, uh-huh. there's like a 24-hour sequence where all of a sudden the four puppies like go from being in the pregnant mom to being like she didn't get pregnant right she didn't even no, get no, pregnant. No. beethoven beethoven and missy went on a date they stole the hot dogs uh-huh. they ate some ice cream stole some services they, they went on a horse-drawn carriage ride through i assume central park i think the movie <laughs> takes place partly in san francisco and partly in new york city maybe the number of crimes committed uh-huh. equates to the quickness of pregnancy with dogs. I don't know, but there's a 24-hour montage of like the first date, and then at the end of that first date, six-week-old puppies, pup, six-week-old puppies. So in that way, I'm not sure how that happens. Beethoven Second is a lot like the Land Before Time franchise. Yeah, in that time is completely non-linear. <laughs> time is is definitely non-linear, and like the only things that represent time or mark time are like these major life events like in beethoven's second second the puppies age really quickly they do they they also age there's this there's actually a a montage of the puppies with like the kids taking care of them and they move backwards and forwards in time age-wise like in some scenes the puppies are quite large Mm -hmm. and other (laughs) scenes the puppies are very small again and it's like it's almost like someone who was in charge of making sure that the scenes go in <laughs> order did a bad quit. job. Just quit. <laughs> just quit. Mid Or maybe it's just that these 90s um, franchises of movies, like part just of- just cash cows. Well, yeah, yeah. But like part of the, the model is to be non-sequential and to not worry about time. Yeah. Don't um, worry about time. Just the only time you have to worry about is a good one. And definitely don't worry about plot Sorry, yeah. go on. <laughs> just no, just don't. Just don't worry about plot. Don't worry about plot. That's not why movies are no plot. That's not what movies are made for. No plot, no problem. Yeah. Um. yeah. <laughs> I love the sequence that happens. I think there's there is there a reason for it where Doubtful. um the the dad and <laughs> Beethoven are they enter into a hamburger eating contest? Yeah, man and man and dog. But it's it's for humans and dogs that enter as teams, and there are a large number of people that enter this hamburger dog man eating contest, and um, it's it's a really it's an interesting scene because it starts out with the dad he's not doing so good right he's he's having he's struggling he is struggling very hard he's, to eat those his self esteem is. In the dumps. Yeah, really low. He's just like completely impotent in his life, in his career. Uh Oh, okay. He like Mm -hmm. he can't get his his um what his uh his big uh, his big product idea is um uh, um an air freshener for your um sports bag. Right. And it's like Mm -hmm. the bank is not having it. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't work. Investors are not having it. The the people who are producing it are not having it. They're like, this isn't good. Yeah, so his, it doesn't work. he has basically no future. It makes things smell worse. Um, he can't make basic decisions like, I'm going to walk to my car. Yeah, there's a scene in Beethoven's second where <laughs> um, all, of the, all of the family members are rushing to get to their various <laughs> things, soccer practice, school, karate lessons. And, um, and the dad is just running back and forth <laughs> in front of his car saying, <laughs> I'm late. 
I'm late. <laughs> and he like runs in one direction and then he runs in the other. And his car is right next to him. I don't know why he doesn't just get in his car <laughs> and then leave. But he is somehow incapable of doing that. He's just like running around panicking. I'm late. Oh, I'm late. <laughs> um, it's interesting with this whole burger eating contest. I was just. Yeah. I just went over the uh, plot. Speaking of time being nonlinear, though. I just went over the plot synopsis on yeah. Wikipedia. Yeah. Just reminding myself of what happened in the movie. Mm. And that was completely not mentioned, despite being a 15 minute portion of the movie. It was a decent chunk of the movie. Like, that's how incredibly irrelevant to the prop. <laughs> the plot it was it like didn't even get an honorable mention despite being over 10 20 percent of the movie yeah well so so what happens in that sequence is he is he is just like not able to eat those burgers he is pained he is suffering through every bite of this burger and then someone in the audience and so like beethoven is like doing okay right yeah he's solid and then these other people are just like cramming them down, just mm-hmm. opening their mouths and just throwing them All their them dogs in. are kind of like on level with Beethoven. Like, yeah. Like but Beethoven's doing pretty good. Burger meat is just flying off mm-hmm. of these people's faces. And, and then out of the audience. Out of the audience, someone says, wimp, right. wimp. Yeah. And that suddenly. Poor dad's fragile <laughs> masculinity. Is just shattered, but then that's that's what he needs. Yeah, is because once he yeah. is free of the like the social constraints of the of the once he's free of like the the social mores that bind him to his his impotent uh uh, uh like f- fragile masculinity, like then all of a sudden he's just like it's almost like someone pressed fast forward, and yeah. then he just mouths through like that. someone on the. The tech team. Other people at that the point, they're still cramming them. They're still cramming those burgers. No fast forward. But they're, no fast forward, though. Only for Beethoven and the dad does this fast forward event happen. Like, time, like, there's some sort of, like, black hole or something that happens that causes time, di- severe time dilation. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, and then they win the contest. Right. And then it's never mentioned again for the entire movie. So that's mm-hmm. how that relates in. So... Yeah, um, and I think that that is a great segue into the next breaking news <laughs> section that I have, which is um, yes, the Trump administration, or I guess the Trump campaign, is still sending out press. Alex Jones's Infowars dot com, uh, they which published an article saying that Trump supporters outnumbered uh, environmentalists at some rally that was about the about how. Trump is exiting the Paris thing. And I just, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering why the president of the United States is sending out uh, news articles from a website that thinks that Israel did 9-11. Um, and was Trump's vis- recent visit to Israel a fact-finding mission mm. to see whether or not they did 9-11? I mean, it's it's puzzling because we know oh, how... how, 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 how. How much integrity the Trump administration has? Mm, so some. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, okay. Anyway, so um, so uh, yeah. Is our is our president waked up sheepled? Wake up sheepled. Well, is he waked up sheepled? I'm pretty sure he's I, a big big fan. Has he woke up? Is he awake duck? Is he awake duck? Is he woke AF? Is he weak? Wo- wo- is he weak? Um, I think he's willing to. Uh, let me. How do I want to say this? If if waking up as a sheeple is beneficial to his his quote unquote campaign, mm. um, then I'm, I'm I think he is the wakiest of sheeples. Mm. But I don't know. I mean, it sounds like Alex Jones. He really likes that rhetoric, and it really Trump. It really helps Trump out. So I guess he has been waked up sheeple i mean do i think that he's gonna sit and like look at um like the dregs of 4chan at night after a long day at the white house absolutely oh no i don't know trump yeah i I don't think he i don't think he has like the capacity to learn how to even like read the size font they use on 4chan because 4chan you really have to focus to figure out like the has that attention span I also don't think he can read very well. That's why he has a cabinet. They go on 4chan to, for to him. To sit and read 4chan and scan it for like for conspiracy the, theories that all, may benefit him. And all the dankest of memes. 
All the dagest of memes. That's hashtag, true. Hashtag Kofefi. So wait, Trump um, put out what? Like a press release about this? Yeah. And... Well, it was just the press release okay. came from the Trump-Pence campaign. And it like the one thing in it was an article that linked directly to Infowars.com. And I think that's like okay kind of uh that's the level of integrity well, that the white house has right now infowars infowars.com um court of sort of the corollary to our show <laughs> yeah i guess in that it's all made up <laughs> i also don't understand donald trump one of his most recent tweets mm-hmm. um that re- i'm just gonna read it it says this was tweeted 12 hours ago mm. And it says, do you notice we are not having a gun debate right now? Question mark. That's because they use knives and a truck. Oh. Excellent point. Hey, speaking of the terrorist attack in London, uh, did you see that yeah. Uber increased its uh, fares yes. by over two per- over like 200% uh, during that Yay! because of surge rates? Because there was like yeah, so many people Uber. were, so many people were trying to flee the scene. They were like, "Oh well, I guess we should charge more." So, uh, you know, supply and demand, man. That's like basic capitalism. Supply and fuck the man. No, that's not capitalism. Oh. They did that in Australia too during some. I think it was Australia. There was another moment like one or two years ago where Uber didn't turn off the surge pricing feature hmm. um during like a moment of crisis and hmm. so it's happening again but uber on the good okay on the bright side uber just from my understanding and my like the scant amount of time i spend following like tech news mm-hmm. um uber is losing a shit ton of money oh, good. um Woo! Yeah, so i'm really personally excited about that i understand like i know a lot of people actually do use uber to make a living in new york mm-hmm. even though i don't know any of these people personally i don't know if it's something they do to supplement their income or if i mean i'm sure there's people in new york who use it as their primary income mm-hmm. so i mean i hope these losses don't like negatively affect them but at the same time I, mean, I think it's old news that uber does not assist these people in paying for car insurance or car repairs or anything mm-hmm. like that like the burden of labor is totally on these people, and the, the cost of overhead is totally on these people. It's the sharing um, economy. Like it's the sh- you yeah, get to, exactly. You get to own all the of the costs, and they get to keep most of the profits. It'll be nice if they crash and burn, having already left the uh, tax companies in ruins. Mm. Well, so uh, let's let's actually do like a quick analysis of like how Uber exactly. actually operates. Like, so like if you worked at a factory, you know, you don't own the machines, you don't, you show up and you work. You're expendable. You could be fired and replaced. Um, although it does take like a little bit of training. They have to invest training in you as a laborer. Uh, with Uber, you own the machine. They don't own the machine, which means that they don't have to pay for the service. You have to own the machine. In order to work for yeah. Uber, uh, but yeah. you own all of the costs, and they mm-hmm. own most. No, they actually own all of the profits. They get right. all the money, and then they give you some. You are the expense. So of it's kind of like if a fa- like imagine like how that would work in like production. Like you would have to like show up with your own like industrial machine just, just a every giant day. Roller. Yeah, yeah, and like. You know, yeah. smash those rice cakes into little circles, mm-hmm. uh, and then take it home and like pay for it Just to repair get fixed and, and stuff. Yeah, and uh, but you make thirteen bucks an hour, so it's great. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, um, is it? Is it time for an ad break? What time are we at? Oh, it is. It's time for a message oh, from wow. our sponsors. Oh, thank the sponsors. Let's thank them. Uh, what do we have Bad. for sponsors today? Who? Oh. Um, one of the sponsors of today's show is a, um, it's a little bag with some dice in it. It's got, uh, it's got all, the, all the dice you need. Um, it's got 12 sided dice. 
It's got ten, yep. ten-sided dice. It's got yep. six-sided dice. It's got yep. four-sided dice. It's got twenty-sided dice. Mm-hmm. It's got um, seven. Seven. No, there's no nine. Nine. So it's great, you know. If you need to generate some numbers uh, randomly, if you need to, if you need, if you need to roll the dice, then roll them. Take a chance with your life. Take a chance. Take a chance on me. Roll a d6, and if you roll higher than a three, you give up. Yep. Um, so that's you can get it, uh, and that's that's one of our that's our first sponsor. What's our second yeah. sponsor? Right. Um, second sponsor of the day. Who's sponsoring? Um, who's the second sponsor for today's show? I mean, we're really thankful for them. Yeah, we couldn't we're do really... the show without them. Mm-mm. They're like really important pillars of support for us, and we just really like to build that up and make pe- sure people know about it before we yeah. give away the sponsors' information. We like um, to just talk about how uh, grateful we are um, and how important they are before we remember what they are. The sponsor of today's show is just um, like we've got a sponsor, uh, and <laughs> that sponsor is like a really reliable um, source. And today's show is brought to you by a pot of boiling water, the, the boiling water particularly. Um, hmm. mm-hmm. So water, water brought you water, this. Water, hot, you can, and hot you can, water. And before we just move on, I want to point out how many amazing things that you can do with boiling water. Um, you can make a pasta. You can boil an egg. You can make a hard boiled egg. You can make a soft, make a soft boiled, boiled egg. egg. Yeah. You can. There's so many, and these are all just you hot could water. Poach. <laughs> you could poach an egg. I think you need vinegar for that, actually. You could dye um, dye fabric. You could make rice if you prefer not to eat gluten in your diet. Yes. Yeah, or if you do like gluten, you can still eat rice. Yep. Uh, uh, you you can yeah either way. You can add flour and make wheat paste, uh, and then put posters up like all graffiti you can style. Just dump it out. You can dump it on the faces of yeah. your enemies <laughs> and prevent them from climbing in the windows <laughs> of your castle. Just ignore it. Don't even use it, really. Yeah, boiling water. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to use it. I mean, it's just it's there. It's nice to, to support your needs if you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and our last yeah. sponsor is a. Uh, so who's the third sponsor? It's just the concept of alimony payments. Oh, yeah. interesting. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize we had them as a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's just sort of uh, they're just trying out new things, the alimonies, uh-huh. and they wanted to see what being a sponsor is like. So let's do our best to well, say good all, things about alimony. It's a it's a good concept, I think. Um, it's controversial. Following the Russian Revolution in 1917, a hundred years ago, um, it became the law that um, oh, we lost Caroline. So f- 1917. So, hi, hi. So in 1917, a hundred years ago. Um, this year, in Russia, following the overthrow of the Tsar and the system of capitalism, um, it was the law that if you were a woman who had a pregnancy and had multiple partners and didn't know who the father was, every single one of the fathers was responsible in part Mm -hmm. for the financial stability of the child. Mm. I think that's a great way to do it. So that was a good thing about alimony was was that mm-hmm. um i like the way that it like just sort of faintly holds together horribly damaged relationships mm. you know mm. just, in the most tenuous ways yeah like and like just like leaves this like really bad taste in the two departing parties mouths um in regards to their feelings for each other 
Mm. Um, and they are reminded about that distaste and distrust for each other every month um, upon the receival or delivery of those payments. So mm. in that way, alimony, hashtag promo code. What's the <laughs> pro- what is the promo code? Hashtag. Oh. Hashtag. That, what an excellent example. <laughs> That's just good marketing. <laughs> that was just funny. Um, <laughs> like that is like such an anti-capitalist iteration of sharing economy. <laughs> Why have we not... How did the sharing economy become what it is today when we clearly have examples of a, the legit definition of a sharing economy where people share financial um, responsibility of raising a child, well, ra- you know, of work, which in this case is raising a child. Um, how did we get here from there? Like how? Something, something to do with... Um... Alimony. What happened to you? You cop. You sold out, man. <laughs> yeah, Alimony was so radical back in the day, and then yeah, Al. Now it's just what happened, on. Al. Well, um, so that's our sponsor, Al Imani. <laughs> that's our sponsor. <laughs> Those are Woo! our sponsors. Yay! Uh, uh, I wanted to um, maybe segue from this whole discussion of how how did we get to the sharing economy to um. Specifically, this sort of recurring theme, and I want to call it the What Are Millennials Killing This Week segment. Millennial frag count. (laughs) (laughs) So as we all know, millennials kill a lot of things. What did they kill this week? Um, So I'd like to actually start by reviewing some of our past killings. And then we'll... Well, I want to... Yeah, I I think most specifically... Uh, so we were joking about right. <laughs> millennials killing bar soap. Yeah. So last week I mentioned this and I didn't remember any specifics of what millennials had killed. And I just said soap. And then I'm on this article that's talking about all of the think pieces or whatever that people have written about millennials killing things. And one of the first ones was blame millennials for the vanishing bar of soap. So apparently I wasn't wrong. Um, here we go. I'll just I think we want I think this is an important time to point out just how right you were. And that's why people need to tune into this show. We know the facts. Whether or not we know them. Whether or not we actually know them or not, we're usually right. Even if we're not. And that soap thing was proof. Absolutely. What I time? think that's all the proof that anyone needs. If you're right once, ergo you're right again. You're right. Socrates. Yeah. So millennials killed soap, bar yep. soap. They are killing the Olympics. Uh, oh. Why have millennials fallen out of love with diamonds? Uh-huh. Millennials are killing the napkin industry. Uh, millennials know. are killing vacations. Um, I don't know that we're killing vacations as killing. much as can't afford we're to go on them. Killing. them. Because um, we can't yeah. afford to... Uh, raised in an obesity-addled country, how dare millennials try alternative workouts besides running? What? Yeah. What? Because we're killing running. Killing huh? trees because we like to read paper books and wine okay. corks. While simultaneously killing the napkin industry, maybe it's not that... Maybe what it is is actually there's like a just a net balance. Like the number of napkins we saved is equal to the number of books we read. We're pretty smart. That's probably it. So this week's, so that was just sort of a good old, nice variety of interesting things that we've killed. Um, But this week, we've killed a lot of things. Yeah. Personally, I'm kind of proud. I think we've we've got a lot of notches in our belt. Yeah. Um, And this week, we're killing chains like Buffalo Wild Wings. So that's pretty oh. sad. Wait, what? what huh? That's pretty. That's pretty sad. Are we? Why do we? Why did we kill them? How did we kill them? And how do we um, kill them more? Casual dining is in danger. 
and millennials are to blame. Oh yeah, I see that. Brands such as TGI Fridays, Ruby Tuesday, and Applebee's have faced sales slumps and dozens of restaurant closures as casual dining chains have struggled to attract customers and grow sales. So it's just very interesting how much we kill just by um, being poor <laughs> by being poor and having no desire to use things that suck like eating yeah and by i mean maybe people are learning to also demand more quality out of their food than what is offered at applebee's and buffalo wild wings um not trying to shame people who eat that food every i think people should eat what they want yeah Um, yeah, for sure i'm very much into that like millennials like yeah exactly we should eat what we want if we don't want some basket of wings covered with like i don't know like airbed mattress material melted (laughs) together with altoids um like i just don't want to eat that so if that means i'm killing buffalo wild wings then Mm -hmm. someone else has to pick up that torch i cannot carry the buffalo wild wings torch alone what are you going to do for the the burnt mattress dripping altoid melt combination workers though i mean that's the only job they've ever known Mm. and now you're just going to put them out on the street how are you going to save capitalism how are what jobs are they going to get right this is melting mattress anti-flammable material and altoids together onto chicken breasts our sist our whole society only skill they have is this Delicate interwoven fabric of jobs at shitty corporations, and it if they no purpose at all, if those start to disappear, where what do we have left? Nothing. Netflix? What if millennials are less killing things and just more ushering in a return to agrarian society? What if that's what's going on? I mean, are millennials killing agrarianism? I doubt it. I actually saw a meme making fun of millennials for gro- doing gardens. <laughs> it was something for doing gardens. For doing gardens. <laughs> it was like for uh, gardening. <laughs> for doing gardens, yeah. For, for doing gardens. <laughs> for doing a tomato. Yep. Or <laughs> doing doing a cilantro. <laughs> or doing some beans. Yeah. <laughs> doing a little bit of that, planting some some garden. Yeah. It was a, it was a meme. It was like. Uh, tomatoes um the best way to invest six months of your life into saving 297 at the grocery store what the what we can't do anything why is that bitter and angry that they have to like shit on millennials for planting (laughs) things for their own sustenance like Oh my God! You know, if like there's some suddenly a tomato shortage, somebody's gonna be like, "Those damn millennials ain't been planting tomatoes," yeah. and now they're just like can't. starving our grocery stores of the tomato demand, we can't tomato win. supply. Can't win for. I, we can't win. Can I just say that there's almost this like sweet sense of apathy that washes over me when I have these conversations, and mm. it's really liberating. <laughs> it's just really liberating. It's great. All the institutions. That my parents relied relied on mm-hmm. and expected me to be able to rely on are eroding, yeah. and so who cares? Uh, live. What's the saying? Live slowly, die whenever. That's <laughs> <why>. <laughs> Which I think, yeah, I mean, like live slowly, die whenever. Do a garden, make a tomato, <laughs> uh, or don't. Yeah, and like all the institutions are dying. You can put avocado on toast. You could put it on bread. You could put it on your face. (laughs) You put it directly (laughs) in your face. Uh, And and you could put bread on toast. And who and who cares? I don't. Who cares? Just take. I saw somebody. Just take morning. Just take a cup of bed bugs and just throw it on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Do it anywhere. Cares? Who cares? Live you can slowly you can spend <laughs> if you don't have bed bugs of your own, just go find them. Yeah. I'm sure you call can... it a day. Yeah, you could find some with some free Airbnb furniture on the side of the street from the place where people once could afford apartments. But it's now all Airbnb <laughs> hoteliers. Airbnb driven bed bug yeah. infestations. 
we're inventing things. Who the hell says we're killing things? We've invented so many opportunities for growth in this conversation. I think so. And and among among us are, you know, fantastic, brilliant, inventive, disruptive innovators of market technologies like uh Martin Shkreli. He's like he's a millennial. That's we can count him among our ranks. Um, you know, like let's take life-saving drugs and just increase the price by a thousand percent and make people die for our profits. Like, and then also like maybe like lose a lot of money because everyone hates you and like blatantly explode, ex like expose like how immoral or amoral uh, the system of capitalism is yeah. and like don't give a fuck about it. We're not killing things. We are creating. We're just killing people. We're creating Right. New, um, newly, newly overpriced drugs that end up killing people. Well, they, the drugs don't kill people. It's the lack of the drugs kill yeah. the people. Uh, Caroline, you raised your hand, so I feel like I should. Call I do. On, raise I feel like hand. I should call on you. So uh, okay. yes, um, Caroline. Yes, Caroline. Go ahead. Go ahead. Great. I'll do my so future voice. So I. So thank you. Great. <laughs> I. That now it's okay for me to talk because there is a teacher voice. Um, so number one, before I get, I have a comment on Martin Shkreli, but I'm going to hold off. Um, so how do I want to say this? So there, speaking of media and startups and startup culture, how do we feel about an? Hey, how do we feel about an app that? essentially gives people the power to record any uh, quote-unquote crime that is occurring around them and the way that they can identify that crime happening around them is through an app whereby it's a bunch of people sitting in an office listening to police scanners, NYPD and FDNY police scanners and like inputting data and like mapping onto like a, a map application um, the app. sites of these map app, mm -hmm. like of these crimes, right? And then these those those sites become little pinpoints which people can then go to, and their phone through this app called Citizen will allow them to start recording live of a crime. Hmm. This may have been like a this isn't a breaking news story. Is this a real um, thing? It's starting, but it to is sound a real kind thing. Of like a real thing. Because it is a, a lot of the time Caroline says something along the lines of, what if we made an app mm. and then something follows, but this time there's more to it. So there's already an app for this. this there already is an app. Um, and there, this app in its current iteration is a rebranded version. Uh-oh, Caroline, you're breaking. Uh, okay, so rebranding. So this app is a real app. It's called Citizen. Mm. And it it's... Based, it's pretty much the same thing as a previous app called Vigilante. Ooh, um, I don't know if I like the sound of that. Yeah, no, no I don't think you should. Yeah, because it's, it's pronounced Vigilante. Oh no, that's well, that's not so Vigilante. So, go, Vigilante. What is it? so what is this Vigilante app? What is it? So it was an app. It's a it's an app that like sends you like reports, sends you crime reports that people transcribe. People who work for this com app company transcribe from listening to police scanners all day. This sounds really um, I'll tell you why. In a funny thing is how it's branded mm -hmm. or how it's been rebranded is the company, I don't have the exact um, quote or like the exact uh, CEO of the company, which is called Spawn, S-P-0-N. Um, this company called Spawn, which created Vigilante, which is now Citizen, says this is a transparency app. Transparency eliminates bias. Transparency eliminates insecurity and all the misunderstandings around what happened. Hmm. What happened? The, res the result of the transparency we can't control. So that's, that's what the CEO says to explain and justify this app to the general population. Um, yeah. Huh. So hey. do, do you yeah. think that this is going to be helpful in instances of like um, police violence and police murder, where pe police are like, or like being out of hand? Hot dog stealing. Yeah, for instance, if there's like um, mm. a, some sort of like Saint large Bernard. breed of yeah, like a Saint Bernard or like two Saint Bernards who are on like a date, 
and they mm-hmm. were going around stealing hot dogs and ice cream and pony rides. Um, would this mm-hmm. app allow us to bring these dogs to justice? Oh, that would be great. Uh, potentially. Um, you could definitely get some real great... Hot, hot salad. Salad for sale. Hot, hot I mean, you salad. Could just... Salad for sale. Oh, sorry. Five ninety five. What? Nine ninety five. Ha ha. Salad. Salad for sale. Salad, salad for, for sale. sale. Hey, Nine you're back. Yeah, right. Oh, hey. Hey, I'm back. So, salad. Yeah. So, yeah, hot salad for yeah. sale. Five ninety five. Right. Nine ninety five. Um, I mean, it, it could. You could definitely get some good video of dogs doing silly things when they break the law. I guess. So this is basically um, America's funniest home videos, but for the modern century but for the modern modern um person who gets their pleasures out of watching people potentially get assaulted i don't know oh Hmm. you know like it's i think it's really creepy and weird and i don't support this idea at all i just thought it was interesting it's like kind of more voyeurism than what it claims to be well so yeah so here's a question if we get all of our crimes through an application how how will we get our like the regular crimes in our daily life like 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 speeding yeah or just like you know you know if you do you think like if everybody has their own crime app that they can Mm -hmm. watch crimes on then will families Mm -hmm. do crimes together anymore yeah Mm -hmm. i think i think this has like because that's something i learned from beethoven second was the wholesome nature of doing crimes together with you your should, loved ones. The family that does crimes together spends times together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If, whether it's but, stealing puppies from a woman with an outrageous New York accent mm-hmm. for no reason, <laughs> uh, who needs a dog for her divorce. Yeah, she apparently needs a dog for her divorce. Which isn't explained at all. Um, <laughs> I couldn't get through my divorce Alimony. because I didn't I need, have my dog. Didn't, you need the dog or the divorce is worth nothing. <laughs> I mean, Beethoven Second was produced in a time where people really were planting... People really were planting tomatoes? Yeah, and that. I mean, they would teach their children to plant tomatoes to feed their children so their children <laughs> could grow up nice and strong and have more children. But mm-hmm. we all know there's no future. Yeah. So, you know what I mean. No future, no tomato, because no potatoes. Are killing it. No, because we've killed it <laughs> with apps, with 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 and the internet with crime reporting apps. The yeah. internet yeah. is actually every single one of these uh, pieces. If you read it about millennials killing things, the actual core reason has something to do with the the internet. So something millennials are not killing thanks to the internet is bro rompers. Bro rompers. What the hell Woo! is bro rompers, Sam? Um, so bro rompers is a new style. Um, a quick description here on the New York Post says, guys, want to turn heads and break hearts? Well, Ace Design, a company out of Chicago, has dreamed up a garment that they claim will do just that. Meet the romp him, a frat guy's version of the summertime romper and a thing that actually exists. So basically, for those of you who are listening and not watching. Um, Which is everyone. Right. It's uh, A romper is like short shorts onesie. Is that an accurate description, Caroline? I think she's gone. I would say so. Oh, well, they're like there. overalls. No, I'm right here. Hello. Bye. Hello. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. What are anyway? What go are, on. What are rompers? So it's like short shorts onesie with like a uh, like... button down shirt top, but it's a onesie, so it's not a shirt. And then it has a zipper for the guys so they can pee standing up because that's what guys do. And it's they're a, like onesie overalls. Yeah, and it's a it's a style that is you know babies wear babies and uh, yeah. it's um like little baby men. It's somewhat uh, effeminate. Little baby men and um, baby man, and apparently it is a way to reinforce masculinity. Baby man, how does that work? Why your short shorts attached to your shirt? Like why? Baby how? Man. Why? How? What? Why? And how does this become bro? 
This is a bro thing. Is is there is there an irony implicit in this? You know what I like, mean? Is it yeah? Is it ironic femininity? Like I don't know. I don't even. I can't even wrap my head around it. Um, they're one hundred nineteen dollars. <gasps> they come in red or blue chambray <laughs> in a splitter splatter splatter splitter splatter painted print, as well as a limited edition stars and stripes option, perfect for a beer pong laden Fourth of July bash. Oh, that's good. So I um I basically have no idea what the fuck's going on. That's my synopsis. Fantastic. Let's okay. do a quick go round, lightning round. Thoughts? I mean, people gonna wear what they're gonna wear. Um, marketing is weird and confusing and ambiguous in 2017. Mm. And um, I do know there's been a lot of memes of the brompers. I call them brompers. Brompers. Um, so on a scale of one, uh, on a scale of whatever, on to, a scale of fad to rad. Uh, I, I mean, it's definitely a fad. I would rate it like the fad of of, of the year. You know, but it's they're a, like the they're like Furbies. They're going to be out. But it's a, you it's feel a like, fad for like twenty seven year old bros. You feel like it already jumped the shark ahead of. Yeah, I think it's thing. like again, it's disrupting the space time continuum as we know it. Yeah. Like rompers are just a blip in in linear time. So and they're, they're um, actually making a comeback. Bro rompers. Um, they're like already pat so passe. They're making a comeback. They're making a comeback now. So which land before time are they gonna be in? The one where the ice age begins. Mm. What one is that? Is that one lovingly entitled "The Big Freeze" or "The Deep Freeze" or something? <laughs> Which yeah. makes the ice age, like the onset of the ice age, just sound so adventurous and cuddly and fun. It was the land um, before time, Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Yeah. You no, know, I never all, saw that. I we're never li- saw Littlefoot and um, I forget Ducky? the other. Yeah, Littlefoot and Ducky get stuck on a train. That's a metaphor for capitalism and class stratification. Um, mm-hmm. And all the all the like upper class dinosaurs are at the front of the train, um, and they have to make their way from the back of the train to the front of the train to stop the train, because um, they're on some sort of train loop. Mm-hmm. That kind of got away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're saying. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, here's my two cents on rompers. Yeah. Um, go for it. So it, I think that it is a joke, and th- they. They mentioned this a little bit. The whoever wrote this article in the New York Post really doesn't like it as a fashion trend. Thinks that it's probably ugly. Lame. Yeah. Um, but uh, here's a quote from the article. But romp him is different. It isn't fashion. It's a joke, like the summertime equivalent of a lame Christmas sweater. And there's nothing bros love more than donning humiliating outfits for the sake of a good time. So while I agree with Caroline about the yeah, wear what you gotta wear. Also, um, uh, fuck bros. And also for a hundred and ninety dollars, that's a lot for a joke. That's an expensive joke. I don't have that kind of money for that kind of joke. I mean, that's, that's going. Like, that's like that's going. The extra, that's like a bunch of avocado toast. Oh my god, that's like three slices at least. <laughs> at least three slices of avocado toast. Just to for one joke to make like a weird fragile masculinity joke. I don't know, man. Caroline, any parting thoughts? We've reached the end of our hour. Oh, well. Um, parting thoughts, parting thoughts, parting thoughts. I'm about to go and, you know, kill some previously sought-after cultural trends because <laughs> I, I am a millennial, and apparently that's what I do best. That's so what we do. Great, Sam. Um, oh, oh yeah. are you done? Or are you not done? I'm done. I'm done. Sam, Great, please. Sam. Um, well, I'd just like Take to it. throw a shout-out to... Uh, to uh, Pretty Purgatory at Pretty Purgatory on Twitter. Um, we've mm. been uh, communicating with Spicy Nugs and <laughs> um, I'd like to thank Pretty Purgatory for getting at that with us. Uh, you can look at what we're doing, which is pretty silly, and participate at, at 2PAP Podcast. That's uh, on Twitter. On it's a Twitter... Twitter. 
Yeah, and um, we don't pay for any advertising. Word of mouth is the way that this is uh, done. So if you want to have your friend listen to this, if you like this episode, if you hate this episode, want to make fun of it with somebody, uh, send it to them. You know, you could use an email. You could use a Facebook messenger. Mm. You could use... Okay. Letter to the editor. Uh, you could use a letter to the editor. You could... Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, write a letter to the editor for to your local... Newspaper about how about awful this how podcast bad is. two people in a person as a podcast is and why it needs to be taken off the air. Take off the air. Call the FCC and Call tell them the to F- take this god awful yes <laughs> production. Yes, off I, th- I think that's. Air. I think that is absolutely because like we got these like fake um, corporate accounts that are non these fake unofficial accounts that are from the corporate people to like bring back the the whatever the like tacos or spicy nuggets or whatever like let's mm-hmm. do the opposite of that and like let's because they're like oh we're gonna rail against wendy's even though they're like an unofficial wendy's account or we're gonna rail against taco bell like we're the secret taco bell good deal finding conspiracy coast to coast art bell people and we're like you know we're gonna lead the revolution for having um you know soy tacos or whatever and like but so they're like this this like fake opposition i think we need to do that for us we need to have our we need to create our own opposition we need to get two people and a person taken off the airwaves that will be the penultimate moment of our show much like how the penultimate moment of beethoven's second Mm. was the final descent into madness by the father yeah thank you very much i think it's important to note and i this is a a beautiful and i I think we can we can end here two people and a person podcast all about beethoven's second the movie sequel to the movie smash hit beethoven about a saint bernard who drools a lot um (laughs) (laughs) is this beethoven's (laughs) beethoven's second unlike the first one is potentially all just a dream within a dream. It opens with a dream sequence and it closes with a dream sequence. So who knows if anything in the middle even happened? There's no way to tell. No middle, much no like, middle, no end, no future. There's much no like middle. Podcast. Just like the podcast. Just like this podcast you listen to. Who knows if this even happened? There's no way to tell. Yeah. It's been a perfectly good, lovely time, and goodbye! Jolly good, thank you very much, goodbye.